Hey, uh, Bryce. Huh? May the fourth be with you. <laughs> sure. Yeah, we're recording this on Star Wars Day. Is has Star Wars Day become uh, the new talk like a pirate day? To me, it has. It's kind of low hanging show prep fruit. Yeah, like I just, I don't know. I can't bring myself to care. Is it because you're not a big fan of the Star Wars franchise? That or? definitely hurts. Yeah, my enthusiasm for Star Wars Day. Yeah, I just I've tried. I've have I watched all of them. I think I've watched all of them. Indifference. Great indifference. In fact, yeah. some of them are real stinkers. I haven't seen the ones like the Jar Jar Banks ones. I didn't see any of those. Those ones are a little rough. I just saw the original ones from the 70s and 80s. And people always like to be like, um, you know, those aren't technically the first three stories, right? That's when I get bored instantly. When the trivia comes out and the people telling you what order you need to watch them in. It's like, ah, I don't need rules when I'm watching movies, man. No, I just want to be entertained. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. If you're celebrating Star Wars Day, good on you. Mm -hmm. But old Bryce isn't. Well, like I said earlier, too, it's like when people go, hey, may the fourth be with you. I don't know what the response is. I always want to go, and also with you. But that's a Catholic church thing when you're turning around and shaking hands with everybody. Yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah, it's, that has nothing to do with Star Wars. And people tend to look at you weird. Uh, do we have time to take a call right off the top here? Oh, sure. Okay. Gord? I was uh, just driving the kids to work, and we always listen to your podcast. Oh. Sure. And um, I got to say, I hit the little button on the side that, like, speeds you up, oh, you know? No. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and and I, I'm like, oh, I messed up. And so I hit it again, and it speeds you up two times, and then I hit it again, and it slows you down. So we sound hammered. Have you ever listened to a guy talking about dreadlocks? <laughs> it looks like a furry snake <laughs> it made me laugh so much buddy uh that's all you're gonna think about now though when you see somebody with dreadlocks absolutely but i gotta say like i just listened to it and couldn't stop laughing because it absolutely just makes both of you sound like two guys sitting around a campfire <laughs> yeah absolutely hammered smashed. two yeah. o'clock in the morning <laughs> But now, Talking just think about, about how efficient it is if you listen at double speed. You can knock out a 30-minute podcast in 15 minutes. Sure can. Yeah. Hey, Gord, <laughs> good. thank you for downloading our podcast. Absolutely, buddy. We listen to it all the time. It's good. Gord, driving the kids to work. Wonder where his kids work. <laughs> the mine? I hope so. A long chair is a good town chair, but you're aware of that. It falls down to half the size, so you can lay it flat. Welcome to Lawn Chair Profits. My name's Garner Andrews. That's Bryce Kelly sitting directly across from me, making weird, intense eye contact. Yeah, don't mind me as I enjoy this banana. Yeah, you're eating it quite seductively. Yeah. Which, uh... Yeah, I peeled it with my mouth and everything. At least it's not like last week when you were eating a hot dog. That was uncomfortable. Not even, you didn't even have a bun. Just eating a raw hot dog. I could eat a raw hot dog. So could I. I don't find that gross at all. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, I think my mom gave us raw hot dogs. They say, shut up, have a hot She would never have said shut up in case my mom's listening to this right now. But I do remember eating hot dogs without being cooked. I think too many people make the yucky face. It's like ketchup became popular all of a sudden to hate. And now it's, I feel like it's hot dogs. I've seen people... 
look down on boiled hot dogs. It's not my preferred method. I, I'll eat a boiled hot dog. I boiled two hot dogs the other day. It was fantastic. And my wife and my gifted children all stared at me like I had nine heads. They're like, mm, what is the sophisticated way to make a hot dog? There isn't. It's <laughs> like you boil it or you broil it or you barbecue. Any way you look at it, it's all just lips and asses, <laughs> right? <laughs> and eyelids and hoof. Oh, that was beautiful. Delicious eyelids and hoof, though. Lips and asses. Mm-hmm. Mm. Anyway, this is the part of the show where we talk about uh, space. Space is the place, that's what I always say. What a transition from hot dogs to space. Well, you were talking the other day, you saw a story, it's hard to find a telescope these days. Yeah, people have nothing better to do. They're just sitting around staring up the sky, probably just waiting for a comet to just come finish the job. And just wipe us all out, and then we're like, thank God this is all over. Yeah, but yeah, we were, we were talking about how telescopes are the new toilet paper. Obviously, you don't use them for the same thing. Oh, that'd be so expensive. And gross. But uh, I don't even know if that would work. I don't think it would. I'm visualizing it right now. and I You'd ruin the telescope and probably yourself. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, no, they're hard to come by right now. They're f- flying off store shelves. People can't keep them in stock. I swear to God, though, like everybody buys a telescope and they're like, mm, I'm going to get acquainted with the sky. But you look into that te- and you don't, unless you know something about the sky and the stars and the planets, like you don't even know what you're looking at. And I think that the novelty of a telescope would wear off in a huge hurry. And I just kind of, I can't shake the feeling that telescopes have a bit of a pervert stink to them. <laughs> Do that... I can't remember if this is my story or someone else's story. I think it was my story. I think I went to buy a guitar off a guy or an amp or something, and I went into a high-rise condo downtown. He stared at a building across the way. Like, you could not see any sky or whatever. And what I saw sitting in his window in his living room, he had a huge telescope. When you have a telescope in a high-rise condo, you're not looking at the sky. You're looking at your naked neighbors. That's what you're doing. It does have a bit of a perv tinge to it. Yeah, and I hate because I don't want to paint everyone with a broad brush. The perv brush. Some people enjoy staring at the sky above us. Mm -hmm. Some people like looking at their neighbor's cheeks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I feel like, too, if you are one of those people and you have a telescope in your high-rise condo and you're... You're using it for the purposes of perv. Put it away when you have people coming over. Like, it's the same way I feel about when I go into your bathroom and I see you have magazines stacked up next to the toilet. I don't want to visualize you breaking one off and you're reading the home hardware catalog. Yeah, you're not fooling anyone, too. If you're the friend that has a telescope in their living room, but they've never once talked about space yeah. or their interest in stars or planets. They've never talking about their tell. You just walk in and it's pointing out the window. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Hmm. What, are you, what are you using that for? I feel like we may have lost the telescope audience. I think someone summed it up really well. They texted in. They said, not all people who own telescopes are perverts, but all perverts own telescopes. I believe that might've been Confucius. Or Socrates. It was one of the two. They found that written on the walls of a cave somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me grab this. Hi. Uh, is it looking through a telescope like chapter one in the book of Minutes of Fun? <laughs> yeah, that and metal detecting. They're, uh, yeah. 
an above-ground pool. I don't want to. Yesterday, I think we totally alienated the telescope audience because we started talking about how when you see a telescope in somebody's condo and they live downtown, you're immediately like, huh, you can't even see the sky from here. You're looking at your name. And I don't want to paint all telescope operators as pervs, but everybody seemed to be doing that yesterday. Yeah, I mean, if you have a telescope in a downtown uh, high rise, you're, you're like, I want to creep on people, but I want to be less subtle than a guy with binoculars. Yeah, a lot of people yesterday, when we were talking about this, were saying the same thing. Get binoculars. It's way less obvious. Yeah, and you can instantly pull them down and hide them behind your back and pretend like you weren't doing anything. But if you have a you know, three-foot telescope sticking out your window... It's pretty obvious what you were doing. Yeah, there, there it is right there. Why would you not just get a set of binoculars? Way less conspicuous. A little more discreet, easier to hide on a moment's notice. Uh, my father owns a $50,000 telescope. What? I, this is a text that came in the other day. And I had, like, I had no idea they were that expensive. And I asked, does your dad use his $50,000 telescope? They said, once. It has like a keypad where you can put in the coordinates and it will automatically search for you. You know, just like the telescopes the ancient mariners used. (laughs) I just can't imagine spending 50 grand on a telescope. You're like, I want to see Mars tonight. So you punch in the coordinates and then realize your tree is in the way. Yeah, and you got to cut down a tree. (laughs) Oh. Uh, Hey guys, I recently bought a big fancy telescope. I was pretty excited. And since then, most people I've told about it replied with questions about spying in apartments. I was completely unaware that telescope people have such a creeper reputation, but I'm still excited, Renee. Well, you got to learn the hard truth somehow. Uh, Somebody else is saying, I got a topic that you could explore if you want to alienate even more of your audience. Ah, perfect. Who's weirder, telescope people, astronomy, or horoscope people, astrology? Ooh. I'm going to go down the... Horoscope people. Yeah. Didn't we do a, an entire show once about, um, was it called What's Up With Horse People? <laughs> What's the deal with horse people? Well, we even thought about doing the March Madness of Weirdos. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was like horse people versus acreage people. Yeah. I uh, think you'd have to put the horoscope people. I had a girl once not want to pursue a relationship when she found out I was an Aquarius because it didn't gel with whatever her sign was. And what? Really? That, that was a thing. It, or is that just a way of letting you down easy? Like there's no, you can't win her back. I think she had a million reasons to say no. Oh. But that's the one she went with. Mm. I had another one, like I didn't even know, like you have a moon sign and then there's a, your normal sign and someone, they read me the description of like my moon sign. It went on for 10 minutes. Was Mercury in retrograde? Holy cow. I don't even know what that means. That was a rough 10 minutes. Uh, Somebody's saying, I would definitely say the telescopes are for spying, not looking at the sky. During the last full lockdown, I spent a lot of time spying on my neighbors. It seemed kind of funny until they started shutting their blinds. Keep in mind, I'm a fairly normal lady. Lockdowns can do weird things. You know what you need to do if you're a high-rise telescope perv or a binocular perv? You know there's those, what are they called? Those um, military suits, you look like a bush, or oh, a, yeah, a ghillie yeah. suit, a ghillie suit. They need to make a high-rise apartment dweller version of a ghillie suit where you look like a set of curtains. There you go. 
That's a million dollar idea. <laughs> that is a million dollar idea, right? I got to slip into my curtain suit. I like that she's just open and honest about what she's really using that for. Yeah. Uh, here's somebody else that says, why would anyone in a condo be creeping with an expensive telescope when binoculars exist? Smarter and cheaper creeping for all those weirdos out there. So the takeaway from this segment of the Lawn Chair Profits is if you're a creeper on a budget, it's binoculars. Yeah, but you're sacrificing quality because I think telescope will get you a better range. Mm. So if you really want to get, uh, if you really want to see what's going on across the street, you go with a telescope. But if you're on a budget, like you said, binoculars will do. Lawn chair, don't care. Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly are the lawn chair prophets. Is that a new uh, neck tattoo? Mm, yes. I got it's it. in, what is it? Is that Russian? It's got, I wrote it in Russian. Yeah, it makes sense because of your, oh, wait. No, I have no idea why I did Russian. Yeah. It's just a beautiful language, both when you hear it and when you see it. What does it say? So that tattoo that runs, it wraps actually three and a half times around your neck. It yeah. spirals downward. It's a lot of letters. And what does it say? Punctuality is an aphrodisiac. Mm. I could not agree more. I don't know that I agree with your choice of neck tattoos, but I agree with the statement, punctuality is an aphrodisiac. Because if there's one thing that turns me off, it's people who disrespect me so much that they choose to consistently be late. It's one of the few things in my life that I take pride in. And it oh, might be too. the only thing in life I take pride in. Yeah, I think you and I are probably cut from the same cloth when it comes to being showing up on time. Yeah, I don't like being late. It just makes me feel anxious and weird. And I also don't want to be early. I like a five-minute buffer on either side yeah. of plans. If we're meeting at 7, I'm either there at 6.55 or 7.05. And we're not talking about that one friend who, you know, she was coming to meet up with you or whatever, and she got stuck at a train crossing for 22 minutes or something like that. It happens to all of us from time to time. I'm talking about the one person in your circle who can just never be on time. Yeah. In fact, there was actually a, a story that I was reading the other day. They did this poll and found that, not shockingly, most people find it totally unacceptable to be late. And their definition of late is 13 minutes, which mm. is a little harsher than my five-minute one. <laughs> yeah. But traffic is the number one excuse, followed by alarm not going off and your car not starting. Uh, this one, my husband is chronically 15 minutes late, so if it's important to be on time, I just tell him we have to be there earlier than we need to. Can't do it all the time, though, or he will pick up on it. Well, see, now you just have, now you're being drawn into the game. You're enabling. Mm -hmm. That's what that is. A lot of people also uh, pointed out in uh, tersely worded text messages when we talked about this the other day, that this is a real thing that has to do with ADHD. A lot of people who suffer from ADHD can't be on time, but like there's tools, there's reminders you can set. It's never, yeah, we've never had more clocks and alarms around us at all times. I think yeah. they call it time blindness. Well, that's, that's when we kind of took some heat because you and I both agree. Time blindness sounds like something a bunch of people who can't show up on time made up. It sounds like a series of bad books, like a Mr. Magoo-style character who travels through time. <laughs> but he's always showing up in the wrong year. <laughs> what, I'm three years late for the end of World War II? Huh. 
Uh, I also dumped my husband. Oh, no, no. I almost dumped my husband so many times while we were dating. The worst was when we were dating and he texted saying that he was just leaving the house. This was 10 minutes after I had already got to the restaurant. He lived 20 minutes out of town. He didn't get there for another 45 minutes. Ugh, that would be a deal breaker for me. Yeah, I wouldn't. To- I would tolerate it once, and then if it continued to happen, I'd be like, "What sign are you, Aquarius?" <laughs> I don't think we mash. I don't think we're a good match. Yeah, but that the- time, like when you're sitting there in the restaurant waiting for your new date to, that would have been a good time right there for you to uh, scroll and maybe read some other dating profiles. I have one of those people in my life. You know him too friend of mine mm-hmm. worked here in this building. You know what? I'm not going to coddle him anymore. Craig, Woo-hoo. this is you. Oh no, we've called him out on this show before. Craig, <laughs> who lives in Vancouver now. What's up, Craig? Great guy. Salt of the earth. Yes. But uh, he's one of those guys that where you'll be like, okay, we're meeting at seven and he'll be like, can we make it eight? Can we make it nine? I got to go home and change. It's like, no. No, Craig. And then he'll show up at nine as everyone's leaving. Yeah, paying your bill. And he's like, what's up? What, what, what? what is it about him? Why is he so late? He always has to like Oh, he irons t-shirts, right? And change and press everything. And yeah, iron his shirts. And like, it's a huge ordeal. He can't go from work to a bar to meet people after work. He has to go home first and change. And it's this whole song and dance. And uh, Craig's a little slow. Hmm. He's a little slow in that department. Again, great guy. Salt of the earth. But Craig needs to shape up. Uh Hang on a second. I got to grab this. Hi. Hi, Garner. How are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Oh, not too bad. I just wanted to chime in on the being late thing. Yeah. As Bryce Kelly says, punctuality is an aphrodisiac. Oh, I 100% agree. I, I'm, the, I'm always the person who's first to get to a destination when we used to be able to get together. And I'm totally okay with that. I'm always the 10 minutes early person because I get heart palpitations if I'm even on time is too late for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like being late, but somebody once pointed out to me too, it's especially if you're going to somebody's house, it's actually rude to be early. No, I'm on the button on time. I, I don't find the whole, um, what do they say, like a classy on time or when you're late uh, respectably or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the term is. Um, fashionably late. Fashionably late, yeah. Fashionably late, though, when you're going to somebody's house is like 10 or 15 minutes. There is no such thing as fashionably late when you're picking somebody up for work or no. or meeting them at Starbucks. Yeah, no, I just, I, I get like sweats and panic attacks. I hate being late. It's my own personal thing. And when someone's late... If I meet someone and they're late, I have one particular friend. She's like an hour late. Oh, that's too much. (laughs) An hour late is too much late. Yeah, you said it's like disrespecting someone, and I agree. I feel disrespected. Like I'm not worth being on time for. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, between you and me, you're totally worth it. Oh, well, thank you, Garner. You too. (laughs) (laughs) What's your first name? It's Mandy. Mandy, you're worth it. You're worth it. Mm, Preach it. Mm Mm-hmm. Preach it, girl. But I think we can all agree uh, punctuality is very much an aphrodisiac. I think you're going to regret that tattoo. I don't think so, because it's going to go along with my line of cologne that I'm now having to go with it. Oh? It's going to be called punctuality. Oh, really? (laughs) 
I'm going to sell it in all Sears locations. Yeah, okay. Maybe Zeller's. It could be the ultimate passive-aggressive gift, too, for somebody who can't be on time. Here, I got you something. Oh, what is it? It's Punctuality. Punctuality by Bryce Kelly. Smells like a wet dog in a hockey bag. (laughs) I've hired Seth Rogen to star in my black and white uh, perfume commercials. Oh, okay. It's going to feature him running through like art galleries and fancy dinners. Punctuality. The Lawn Chair Profits with Garner and Bryce. It's on the internet where your Uncle Ron gets way too political. You know, one of the things that drives me most crazy what? in this world is when you're talking about a gym teacher and someone has to chime in and be like, um, they're a phys ed teacher. Gym, gym is, is the, the building. It's oh. the room where they teach, not the class. Uh, and you know what? This sounds like we are dissing on gym teachers. We're not. I think you Zach and I Ops. both both agree that if we weren't doing this, you know, hosting a podcast that we don't get paid for, we would be gym teachers. I think that's the way to go. If you're going to be yeah. a teacher, be a gym teacher. It was my favorite class. Oh, me too. Especially when you got to high school. Like we did some stuff where we went to a pool to learn kayaking and there was just a whole class where we spent where they flipped the kayaks upside down and you had to try and get it backside up. That's terrifying. And I, I couldn't do it. No. But that was a class I did. We did bowling as a unit where we ended up going bowling. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you want to take gym or teach it? Did I ever tell you about the one, the worst gym class I was ever in? And I think this unit went for like four days, three days or something like that. And it was, it just sounded to me like lazy gym teaching at this point. It was portaging a canoe. Oh. And all you and your partner did for an hour was <laughs> carried a canoe on your shoulders around the schoolyard. Yeah. Like just around the football field, the track on the football field. Yeah, when you hear the word portage a canoe, you're like, ooh, that sounds that nice. Sounds great. That's the worst part of canoeing. And you he- know what it is? That's the, that portaging is to canoeing what, um, skating on cross-country skis is to cross-country skiing. That's the part nobody likes. You only like the downhill part of cross-country skiing. So why don't you just downhill ski? Yeah, it's like uh, hiking. It's like people love hiking. They love posting photos from the summit of mountains and yes. the spectacular views, but they leave out the two-hour uphill climb they just did. Yeah. <sighs> Portaging a canoe. Like, I can see that maybe you need to carry it from the beach back to your car. In the parking lot, I don't really foresee a time where over that course of that week, we had to portage canoes around the schoolyard. Like I probably put on 40 kilometers. I'm never, I don't see a time in my life where I'm going to have to carry a canoe 40 kilometers. It doesn't require that much practice. It's simple. Carry it. Don't drop it. Put Uh, it on your head. The other, the other part about gym that I hated was when uh, the dance unit came on. Oh. I mean, sure. There were times where you're locking eyes with a potential sweetie across the room. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you go to dance and your hands are clammy and you're just like, oh, you're stepping on her like, feet. Your hands are wet. You just hear her just kind of like, oh, or laughing, giggling to her friends. And you're like, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, oh boy. What kind of dance? Like, because there's a huge age difference between you and I. Like when I took dancing in school, it was like we had to do square dancing. Yeah. Maybe the cha-cha. <laughs> The yeah. Charleston. It was all dances you'll never use. No, you ne- like there's never, they never taught you anything worthwhile. Like, okay, here's how you do a baby stall. You know, here's how you. <laughs> no, I need to learn how to break dance. Yeah. Or grind up in a club. I need, I need to learn how to pop and lock and I need to learn that now. You know what I don't need? The Cadillac Ranch. Cadillac, Cadillac, 
Oh, line dancing was another one. Maybe that's because <sighs> I'm from Southern Alberta. But I would take whatever line dancing over. I swear to God, we were doing the tango and all that kind of. I'm in grade ten. When am I ever going to need to tango? The one thing. So I remember in grade twelve vividly. I had a female gym teacher, and she was older. Yeah. And I don't think a big fan of me and my friends. And during the whole dance unit, I was constantly the one that had to go and dance with her to show off the moves in front of the class. And I hated it so much. Do you think that maybe she had a little something (laughs) for young Bryce Kelly? (laughs) You think? I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. Hmm. But overall, I think being a gym teacher would be the bee's knees. I would update the dance unit. That's what I would do. I would throw that out and do two extra weeks of dodgeball. No, you teach some, teach some hip hop. <laughs> like, why not? It'd be fun. I couldn't. That'd be the, it'd be hard for me to participate because when I play dodgeball, I'm a headhunter. Everyone mm-hmm. knows that. Well, and the other thing people need to know about you, Bryce Kelly has an, a, a cannon for an arm. If I take you down, you're not getting back up. Yeah. That's what they say about me. But I think it'd be a lot of fun. But so many people, yeah, the uh, gym's not a class, it's a room. So anyway, we have mad respect for gym teachers, and we're going to continue to call you gym teachers, because one day when this career falls apart, that's what we're going to do. We're going to teach gym. Do you think they, so anyway, this is a long way to get to what we were going to talk about here is, so Bill and Melinda Gates, Mm -hmm. that's right. Bill Gates from Microsoft and his beautiful bride of 27 years, they announced the other day, uh, we're done. We're splitting up. Hitting the brakes. And I was, I don't know, that one kind of, it shook me up more than it probably should have. I didn't know I cared so much about them as a couple. They seemed, because they have done a lot together. And yes. A lot of good. Yeah. You know, their foundation and all that. It was certainly surprising. Who knew there was trouble in paradise? But uh <laughs> All I could think of when I saw it was like, oh my God, how much money is she going to get? Lots. She's going to be all right. Yeah. Somebody's just texting. Is my 5G vaccine chip going to still work after the Gates divorce or will I need another one? (laughs) You're going to need, you'll need a booster. How is it that people actually believe? I don't know if, I think this person's joking, but how is it that people actually believe that it's a 5G chip that Bill Gates is putting in you? I have no idea. Hmm. It just doesn't add up. But you think, because he's not the first insanely wealthy person to get divorced in the last couple of years. Jeff Bezos. Oh, yeah. Too. And his wife, uh, Mackenzie? Mackenzie Scott. Or is it Kenzie? I think Mackenzie. Maybe Mackenzie it's, it's Kenzie to her friends. Oh, okay. It's Ken, the girls call her Kenzie. Kenzie! <laughs> uh, yeah, Jeff Bezos and his wife, they split up. That's not even two years ago, I don't. And she's already remarried. I didn't know that part. Yeah. She married a gym teacher. No. Science teacher? She married a guy, Dan Jewett, who was a, a science teacher at their kid's school. So she knew him. This is a Hallmark movie right here, Bryce. Yeah, it is. It really is. She's going from the richest man on earth, or mm-hmm. he was at the time, to a high school chemistry teacher. And I really think it has everything you need for probably an award-winning Hallmark movie. Hallmark movies don't typically win awards, but maybe they could one day with an idea such as this. This is bo- this is good stuff. Yeah. Um, so the idea I had would be to call it one plus one equals love. That is so beautiful. Which I thought was awesome. But then I was thinking like, it would just be more fun if you were a gym teacher 
and not a chemistry. Yeah, because the alternative, if we go with chemistry teacher, when we could we, also call it the periodic table of love. Oh, that's good too. But I think, no, I think he needs to be a ditch, uh, uh, like a, a gym teacher. Yeah, because just the separation between gym teacher and her. science she, teacher. She, I think after her divorce settlement, she's the 21st richest person she's alive. I, I'm just Googling it right now. According to Wikipedia, as we record this episode of Lawn Chair Profits, Mackenzie Scott is worth $61 billion US. <laughs> she's, she's fine. Like she's one of the top 25 richest people alive. Do you think they pool their checks? Like, do you think that at the when he gets paid, he they have a joint account, he puts his money in there, and she puts hers in there? What do you, where do you take someone on a first date when they're worth sixty one billion dollars, and you're a high school chemistry? No disrespect to high school no, chemistry, no. but I think we know that high school chemistry teachers aren't worth sixty one billion dollars. Not typically, no. I would say they're not. Not but, financially. I mean, in our hearts, they are. Yeah. Ooh, if he's a gym teacher, somebody is saying in uh, a text right now, the slogan for the movie, one plus one equals love, is you can dodge a ball, but you can't dodge love. Ooh. Okay. So I think in the movie, we're going to take a few liberties. He's going to be a gym teacher instead yeah. of a chemistry teacher. And there's just going to be that scene where they meet and lock eyes. Because uh, I'm going to say that her kid is having trouble making free throws. Just okay. can't do it. Draining threes. He can't drain a three. She pulls up to the school, has to go inside to get the kid. He's in the gym working one-on-one with who? The gym teacher. Yeah. The gym teacher's helping him, putting in all this time. Super patient. Making sure. And he finally drains one from the from the free throw line, and they just high-five and even hug. Oh. They're so happy they hug. And She's watching from the doorway? She's watching from the bleachers. Ooh. And just like, oh, my God. But they didn't know she was there. Exactly. Yeah. They fall in love, love at first sight. Yeah, and he asks her out on a date, unaware that she's worth this kind of money, only to find out from his friends. Do you know who you're going on a date with? He said, what? And he's, oh, he's showing up for the first date in sweatpants and a t-shirt. And he has no idea that he's going to meet Mackenzie Scott, ex-wife of Jeff Bezos from Amazon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he, his simple life sweeps her off her feet. They end up, though, having to go to a high society gala, and he just can't fit in. You know who plays the part of the high school science teacher? This just came, or gym teacher? This just came to me. Um, what's his name? Uh, Paul Blart. Oh, uh, uh, Kevin, Kevin James. James. Kevin James. That's our guy. Or thinking, has he already played this role? I was thinking Danny McBride. Danny McBride would also work. A little. <laughs> he's a little edgy, though. <laughs> he is a bit edgy. Yeah, Kevin James, though, I think he already played this role where he had to learn to wrestle or something like that. That's right. Yeah. He was a gym teacher. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so this works out. They go to this high society gala. He just is a fish out of water. He can't make it happen. This is the uh, climax of the movie, and they just can't make it work. They're from two different worlds. He doesn't know what fork to use. Mm. He's eating with his hands. He's a monster. At one point during some high society dinner, he picks up a dinner roll, yells dodgeball, and fires at somebody sitting at the head table. It's Warren Buffett. It's Warren Buffett. Oh, my God. Warren Buffett fires back. (laughs) Turns into a huge food fight that, in the end, Mackenzie Scott realizes she just needed a good food (laughs) fight. She's tired of living in this uptight world. She went from being mortified to more in love than ever. That's another slogan for the movie. From mortified to more in love. <laughs> and then, you know, they have their big smooch as they're covered in food. 
the background, you see Jeff Bezos realizing that sometimes there's more to life than money. And delivering packages. It sounds like almost every other romantic comedy, but... This one's got heart. Thanks for listening to The Lawn Chair Profits with Garner Andrews and Bryce Kelly. Theme by Garner Andrews. Guests of The Lawn Chair Profits stay in the dumpster behind the building by the rail yard. Classy. Ah.